Welcome to the Social Selling and Tech Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association. Jeremy Ames, welcome to the Social Selling and Tech Show. Thank you. Great to be here, Bill. So I'm super excited for this chat today. Uh, We're going to uncover some awesome tips to help salespeople uh, in the software as a service sector. So firstly, let's talk about the the product selection. But before a conversation has, has happened between a sales rep and the prospect, there's that huge selection process, which seems to get bigger and bigger. Talk to me a bit about what that looks like. So the, the independent research and the interaction with vendor content ahead of that actual inbound inquiry. Yeah, so it's it's very important for somebody who's kind of jumping into the the situation, into that sales cycle, to really understand what's happened before they enter the door because it varies greatly. And, and in today's day and age, it varies even, even more so than even five years ago. A lot of companies are trying to do a lot of that upfront research themselves and they have more information at their fingertips, uh, not only the traditional stuff of going to like the, the vendor's websites, but there's also at this point, there's like uh, communities that discuss different products, even LinkedIn. There's also... Uh, like independent software, independent software advice types, um, websites you can go to to look at like reviews. So finding out how much has happened uh, even before you walk in the door is huge and what kind of process might have already been put in place. Uh, there might have been a consultant engaged to help with the selection. The company might be trying to do it on their own. So th- your best bet is to really dig in to find out as much as you can about what's happened already. Because that way you're not coming in just basically with any sort of assumptions in the process. Okay, let's let's continue uh, down that process then, and, and we're now we're now going to look at the the stage of building trust. So social selling into certainly into larger companies is is a, often a complicated process. How can sales pros position themselves as a trusted resource rather than you know a, a pushy salesperson to basically respect the process? So you basically, you need to not necessarily enforce whatever typical sales process you have in terms of step, you know, getting from steps one through five, but each, each uh, company that you're going to sell to is most likely they have in their mind what their process is, and they may even have a third party helping them who has their own process. So in order to not seem pushy, you know, the best bet is to listen to what the prospect is looking for. You know, maybe they want a a shorter demo just to get a flavor for your product versus, um, you know, going into launching into some huge walkthrough as an example. Uh, So you really need to respect that process. The other bit of advice is uh, make sure that you're willing to say no. I think that what I've seen from the clients that we work with and we're doing a selection process, for example, it's the vendors who always say yes, that their product can do everything, that their support team can do everything, that, you know, they can train you on every aspect of the product. It, those are the ones that start raising alarm bells for the for the prospect. So that ability to say, you know what, we're strong in some other areas, but in this particular area of the product or in our company, it's not our forte. That is that actually gains more respect than it loses. Now let's uh, let, let's talk a bit about negotiation. So the business case is being made, and we're, we're at that fantastic time uh, where where lots of salespeople love love this stage they thrive on it and it's um it's a negotiation what what are some of the typical objections to to buying new technology or perhaps replacing technology that's that was you know only only brought into the company a few years before 
uh, particularly within larger companies, and, and how can salespeople overcome them? I mean, there's a whole host of uh, objections at this point. I'd be, uh, I'd look kind of foolish if I didn't bring up cost uh, first, because you know the the costly, the cost of these solutions, especially when you're talking about per employee per month situations, which is a very typical um, structure of a contract uh, that adds up when you start multiplying it out times twelve, you know, times the number of employees and uh, and then you start adding on implementation costs that are tend to be pricey, especially you know there's a huge variability, but that's you know that's that's a big obstacle and a conversation that that they need to come they need to get a, a uh, get past. Uh, another thing that happens is the the client might be dealing or the prospect might be dealing with too many vendors at this point. So you really to to counteract that you want to be the vendor that's easy to deal with, not the one that that creates another headache uh, for the for the customer in terms of cost, you know, obviously focusing more on what the benefit is and less on the cost, um, speaking less about the actual dollars and cents and focusing on what their ROI might look like uh, and, and trying to decrease their fear of how disruptive the implementation would be. Uh, so start talking to them from the very beginning about what they can do to make that implementation better uh, because that they, they tend to get scared by that, uh, that part of the whole process. Okay, perfect. So uh, they've they've bought in. Uh, the negotiations happened. They've they've signed off. Uh, the deal has been closed. Everything's looking great. Uh, how can salespeople then help to ensure a smooth implementation so that the user adoption happens throughout the organization, meaning a higher likelihood of, of renewed and ongoing business? Wow, this is this is a tricky one, um, and it's a, it's to be honest, it's a pretty huge gap. And not just in software sales, but in any kind of, uh, you know, let's say you're selling security solutions and now they go to implement the security in the company. Um, that there's a basically there's a connection that needs to be established between that implementation and, you know, tying back to the sales. Because a lot of times you do lose that control and, and your your name is basically tied to this whole situation. In some cases, the some of the compensation might be tied to the success of the implementation and how long they end up staying uh, a customer. So you really need to solve this organizationally, you know, structure things in such a way that it's not just, you don't say sayonara as the salesperson, but you return back to that implementation. There's connection points. uh, The relationship between you as a salesperson and that client continues over the course of it. And you also, you, if you think there's a problem with your implementations, you know, be vocal about it and, and try to actually, if you can create relationships with the, the really good implementation partners within your company, because it does vary uh, individually and by teams, um, the better you can get into, get these uh, deals that you're closing into the hands of good implementers. It's going to just be a win-win across the board. Okay, so you're talking there about uh, in, in ensuring that the, the salesperson is having regular conversations with the client and understanding uh, what their goals are, what their needs are. Is, is, there, is there a lot to be said for also spending time with your internal front and back-end developers and your marketing team and, and uh, the guys who are building the roadmap for the, for the next generation uh, of, of features for, for, for your particular technology? Absolutely. I mean, the the companies that it's and it's it's actually a good analogy. I do a lot of my work in the HR space, 
and there's a lot of uh, a lot of conversation and it's it's very valid conversation about HR operating in silos and so you have you know the the recruiting department who doesn't talk to the department that brings in the new hires that doesn't talk to the part, department that worries about the talent management the same thing is true you know from a software company standpoint where if the sales team is not talking to the implementation team, the implementation team is not talking to the support team, uh, and none of them are talking to training, and, and even fewer are talking to the product development teams, that's a recipe for disaster. And I've seen that happen in different organizations. Whereas if they're all kind of uh, part of this whole life cycle of the customer and communicating, and it's even ties back, like when support has a huge say in things and they can tell you know, back to both the sales team and to the product team, what needs to change. That's the sign of a very healthy organization. Just finally, to recap, what what are your top two or three tips to help salespeople sell SaaS in larger organizations and, and also to retain that business that they've won? Selling it to large organizations is is complicated. And the first step in the process is finding out who you need to speak to and who the influencers are you know, who are the people who are just out there poking around and who are the ones who are the decision makers? So really, you know, my biggest piece of advice is you really want to understand the overall uh, buying team and who they're comprised of and and not to necessarily put your stake in people who aren't going to be the ones making the final decision. Uh, Try to create those relationships with those who are going to be making that, you know, signing on the bottom line. And if, if that means trying to get some FaceTime with a CFO, that's oftentimes where this is headed, where, you know, you can impress everyone, but when it comes down to dollars and cents, they're the, they're the showstopper. If the VP of HR, for example, I sell, like I said, I do my work in, in human resources primarily. If it's the VP of HR creating that connection, uh, but not, not being sleazy either. I have a lot of a lot of clients that I've helped who they recognize when somebody's trying to just basically um, put wool over or whatever the expression is to to basically try to sell them on the like you know I can got, get you tickets to an event or this the stuff that's not really substantive. It's it's clearly a sales t- technique. Uh, so trying to be real with those people that you connect with. That was just that was just one actually. I probably have a couple others, but <laughs> well, I think that was a I think that was a pretty big one, and and yeah. uh, that's a, that's a great way to to leave it for today. So that just leaves me to say, Jeremy Ames, thanks very much for being the guest. Uh, it was my pleasure, Bill. And this is until next time. Happy selling. Thank you for listening to the Social Selling and Tech Show. Learn more about the training and benefits from the Canadian Professional Sales Association at cpsa.com.